Hi, I'm Pastor Roger Brown. God has gifted me the pleasure to pastor a dynamic, spirit-filled church called Life Changers Church International right here in Pittsburgh, Kansas. I believe God will use this sermon to impact your life and bring His greatness out of you. Man, I hope you get something out of this that will change your life. God bless you. Your time is very important, so I'm going to get right to the message. Have a wonderful day. Praise God. Give Thomas a hand clap. He finally did something. All you King's kids, you are dismissed to your class. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Praise God. Everett, this is better than LBJ's, ain't it? It's my buddy Everett. All the way he come, we went to school together, but then he, he lived there in a place where I pastored in Sulphur, Oklahoma. And he drove up this morning. My wife said, oh, they're just going to, uh, to Branson. And so I asked him this morning. He said, nope, we come to hear you preach. Praise God. Amen. So good to him. LBJs. I'm not talking about Lyndon B. Johnson in Dallas. I'm talking about Lane Beer Joint in Lane, Oklahoma. Praise God. Back in the day when you walked in, you didn't have a gun, they gave you one. <clears throat> Praise God. Probably got worse by now, but amen. We're so, so glad to be delivered from that. Amen. I don't have to wake up in the morning and chase dope. I don't have to wake up in the morning and try to figure out where I'm going to boot scoot uh, tonight. I don't have to wake up in the morning and think, my goodness, what in the world happened last night, praise God, with a headache, amen, because when I got on the Jesus high, he changed everything, amen, <laughs> praise God, and I'm excited about that. Uh, Thursday night, we uh, begin to uh, uh, have a memorial service for Sister Barbie, and and, uh, and I remembered something that she had said uh, when she first started attending church here, and she was so broken that night, and she uh, she stood in line, and I went to pray for her, and, and she said, I forgive them all, amen, and so uh, that's one thing that I remembered about her. She had a heart. She had a heart for God, and so as I began to study and began to move, the, the Spirit wouldn't let me off of this. Amen. So this morning, we're going to talk about the F word. Uh-oh. Amen. That, that, that word that the church preaches about so much and screams about so much, but they practice so little. It's that word called forgive. Look at your neighbor and say forgive. It's that, it's that absolute power. Isaiah chapter 22 says he's a nail in a sure place. I want to talk about that. So if you got your Bibles, turn with me, if you would, to Isaiah chapter 22. Let's go to verse 22. Stand to your feet when you get the reading of the Word of God. Isaiah chapter 22, verse 22. <clears throat> Isaiah 22, 22. While you're finding that, how many people has downloaded our app? About 5% of the church. 
How many people wants to download our app? Ten <laughs> percent. Praise God. <clears throat> we we have a church app now, and I, I'm telling you this because there's going to come a time where they're going to boot me off Facebook. It's just it's it, it's just happening, not because I want to, but 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 I'm not going to back down. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I'm not going to water it down. I'm not going to be one of those preachers that plays the games with politics and try to stay up. I'm absolutely going to be exactly who God called me to be. So I'm telling you now, if you want to make sure you get a hold of us, download the app. But one thing about the app that I really like about the app is, first of all, I didn't create it, so it's going to work good. And second of all, we got sermons downloaded on there for months and months. So, I mean, you can, you can just binge watch, even though Sunday's probably enough for you. You could, you, you, uh, you could be in a bad time, and you could just go through, and you could just binge watch and uh, listen to some singing, listen to some preaching. Yeah. Praise God. But it's our own app that we got that, uh, that we have. It's called Life Changers <clears throat> Church International. Kansas, I believe. Life Changers Church International, Kansas. If you want to look it up on your iTunes store or your Play Store, whatever you have on Google or iPhone. And that is going to make sure because we go live on there uh, every Sunday. We're live on there right now. We're live on Facebook. And so that's going to give you an opportunity because probably somewhere, anyway, uh, something's going to happen. Praise God. So let's go to Isaiah chapter 22. Verse number 22. Are you there? Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, God is going to move on your life today. Say, neighbor, the glory of God is going to set you free today. Say, neighbor, I will do what the word says I can do. I will stand when it seems like I can't stand, I am called of God, and I will go wherever he tells me to go. Neighbor, I'm not just saying it because the preacher told me to say it. I mean it. Every fiber of my being. I am a child of God. I am born to succeed. I got up today. To live on purpose. Now give him a crazy shout. Hallelujah. Isaiah chapter 22, verse number 22. And the key of the house of David will I lay upon his shoulder, so he shall open and none shall shut. And he shall shut and none shall open. And I will fasten him as a nail in a sure place. And he shall be for a glorious throne to his father's house. And they shall hang upon him all the glory of his father's house, the offspring, and the issue, all vessels of small quantity, and from the vessels of cups, even to all vessels of flagons. Dear gracious Heavenly Father, we come to you today, Lord, and we thank you for your word. As your word begins to move in this house today, Heavenly Father, Lord, that you begin to straighten every curve. You cause it to become straight. Heavenly Father, Lord, every hill in their life, you cause it to become a flat ground. Heavenly Father, as they begin to walk upon it today, I believe, God, uh, that you're going to move. I believe that the anointing that is inside of each and every one of these today, uh, even those watching me this morning, uh, I believe, Heavenly Father, you're going to pull. You're going to open up the lid. Uh, you're going to break the alabaster 
box seal. Uh, you're going to move upon their lives and they're going to worship you uh, like they have never worshipped you. Uh, you're going to glorify them. I decree and declare today uh, that they will be set free. Uh, their house will be set free. Uh, their lives will be set free. Their marriage will be set free. Uh, Heavenly Father, Lord, their worship today will be set free. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Praise God. You may be seated. I want to say that one of the uh, one of the most famous or talked about topics in a church today, we we talk about it and we talk about how we're to forgive one another and how we are to love one another. Now, some of you are probably down your head a little bit later in this sermon, but that's okay because if I know that I can feel your big toe underneath my foot, I'm doing something. <laughs> Praise God. Because even I have to go back, and there was a time in my life where I thought I'd got everything done. And I went through the motions of just being that Christian person or just being that preacher. And I went through all of those things, and I just and I, I thought, you know what? I'm getting up every day, and I'm reading my word. I'm praising God. I'm saying amen louder than anybody. I'm shouting when nobody else shouts. I love the Lord. Everybody knows who I am. But at the same time, what I realized was when a certain person walked into the room, it changed everything. That's the moment that God began to speak to me and tell me you hadn't got there yet. And I want you to know right now that there is no place we can't leave anything open. If we leave even a little crack, the enemy is going to get in and he's going to use that against us. Now, you may not fall today, but the enemy doesn't come in with a big bulldozer. He comes in with a little pebble one at a time, and he, he, just, he, he just builds that house one brick at a time. He just moves in our lives one thought at a time. He, he moves in our place one place at a time, and that's what he does. That's why he's so successful, because a lot of times we come to church, amen. I'm not getting no amens in here, but that's okay. Sometimes we come to church, and we fall asleep. We think, well, we made it. I came to church today, preacher. Praise God, I made it. I'm good. God's done some good stuff in my life. I made it. You know, I could have stayed in bed, but I made it. But, the, but at the same time, there are some places in the line. We have to understand that we have, I'm going to take this scripture this morning, and I'm going to talk about this subject, but we have to be that nail in a secure place for other people. We have got to absolutely be like Christ was. We've got to become the nail in a secure place for people in our lives. There are people coming to church, praise God, that they haven't forgiven for 25 years. And there are people that's already dead and gone and they still holding grudges. And the enemy's sitting back and he's allowing those things to take place because what we do is we, we, we stop the power of God. If you don't have any direction in your life, you don't know where you're going. You can't get up every the morning and just think, what am I going to do? You got to get up to live on purpose. You got to get up and declare, this is what I'm going to do. I'm not waiting on things to happen to find out if I'm in a good mood or not. I'm not waiting to see if I got 23 likes on Facebook. Facebook uh, to see if everybody's mad at me because I posted something. I'm not going to stand up and just and just let the world tell me how I'm going to feel. I'm not going to give nobody that much power. I'm in charge of my own feelings. I'm going to stand. I'm about to. I'm going to stand up and declare the goodness of God. See, a lot of times we want to wait to see what happens. Who responds? Who says? And the enemy's sitting back. Don't you know that he knows you? 
He knows how to push your buttons. Jesus says in Matthew chapter 18, he's talking, Jesus says, and the disciple says, uh, well, uh, uh, Jesus, how much should I forgive? Seven times? He said, I didn't say seven times. Uh, he said, I said seven times 70 in a day. Woo. When you're going down and you read part of that story, Jesus never, mi never misses a beat, but he goes down and he says, the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king. He said a man owed him uh, some money. A man owed him uh, 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 100 talents. He said, he said, and he brought him in, and he said that the man fell down upon his knees, and he cried out, forgive me, forgive me, I can't pay it, but I will repay everything. And the Bible said that the king had compassion upon him, and so he forgave him his debt. And the Bible says that the same man who got forgiven walked out, and the Bible said when he walked out, that there was, he found a man who owed him 100 denali. Now, now there's a talent, and there's a denali. 100 talent at that, or 10,000 talent at that time uh, is equal to $3 million today. Uh, and 100 denali at that time is equal to $2,000 a day. Uh, now get this, uh, this man got forgiven for a $3 million debt, but he finds somebody uh, walking down the road uh, who owes him 2,000. Uh, and the Bible says he grabs him by the throat uh, and he holds him up uh, and he says, you will repay me. Uh, but the man says, I can't repay you. Uh, and he said, I'm going to throw you into the jail. Uh, until you can. And the Bible says that one of the servants seen this man that just got forgiven and holding a man by his throat and, and says he's going to put him in the prison. The king found the man who got forgiven a lot but couldn't forgive a little. And he put him. I didn't say this, but listen to this. Matthew chapter 18, verse number 22, I believe, way down even in red. If you read it in red, that means my God, Lord, and Savior said it. And the Bible said that the king he put him into prison and he said you will not get out until you repay I need to tell somebody something in here today you better not be messing with the anointing and the power of God you better not be walking around and living life as a chance because somebody did you wrong we want the anointing to flow in our life. We want a revival that surpasses everything else. But at the same time, we want to get up every morning and we want to choose how we act, what we say, and we want to let what somebody else did to us in our life change us. Just the other day, I got a phone call. And a buddy of mine or this person said, and we're friends, but this person said, yeah, somebody just showed up and they said, F Life Changers Church, F RTL Trucking, and F you too. And I said, was they telling you that they forgive you? They said, no. And I said, well, you should have said, well, I forgive you too. You should have said, well, F you. I F you, I F everybody in your family, I F your mama too, praise God. I forgive them all. <laughs> Don't play a replay on YouTube because they're going to say, what? 
And the thing about it is, it is the most talked about word in the church, but it is the least activated and worked word inside the church. Because I want you to know that before you ever got saved, you had to be forgiven. And I need to tell somebody that when you walk in that power of forgiveness, there is a certain anointing that just irradiates out of your life. Nobody has to know, are you saved? You walk into the room and you have no enemies. You love everybody. And the anointing and the grace of God is attracted to your life. And they want to know where did you get it at? And the part about it is, is it's, it's a vicious cycle. See, because, because when you was a kid, some of you can't remember that far back, Carl, but when you was a baby, and, and, and your parents got on to you, you didn't walk into your room and say, I don't forgive you. 30 minutes later, they, you, they, you was hugging her leg and just saying, I love you. When, when, when two kids get into an argument on the playground, after they come back in from recess and look back out and they're playing again. See, forgiveness, unforgiveness is not something that you was born with. It's a learned behavior or a pattern in your life that you see. It's something that you see. My God, if there's ever anything that I would like to lay down to my children and my grandchildren is, is yes, I've been in some places. I, 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 I've reached around and tried to pull knives out of my back that I couldn't reach, but somebody else had to pull. I've had to step back up after mistakes in my life and still plant my feet on the ground. I've had to forgive more people than I've ever had to try to hate. I've had to walk through it. If there's one thing I want to lay down is that leg is if God be for me, who can be against me? And there's certain places in our life that we get to, to what we call breakthrough. Look at your neighbor and say breakthrough. Now, breakthrough is something that happens and it occurs and it's usually in the dark places. You never really see the breakthrough in the daylight or in the places where you can see. You usually see the breakthrough or usually breakthrough comes at the wee hours of the morning or when the sun goes down or when nobody's looking. <laughs> That's when breakthrough begins to come. And what happens in our life is God begins to move upon our life in the dark places, in the desert places. God becomes everything that we need him to be. He gets on our level. He doesn't get above what we can think. He gets on our level, and he tells us, if you're hungry, I am bread. If you're thirsty, I am water. Come on, somebody. He, he tells us, and he comes, if you're lonely, I am a friend. He gets on our level, and he tells us exactly who he is. Amen. What happens is we allow other people to tell us. I'll tell you what, I wouldn't take that. Amen. Well, if I was you, I wouldn't let them talk to me like that. Well, if I was you, I would do exactly to them what they're doing to me. I'd get them back. Call the police. Call the lawyers. How about we call God? I mean, even this morning, <laughs> this morning was here, and a guy walked in, and he said, uh, he said, hey, there's a bicycle out there. 
I said, yeah. He said, can I have it? And I said, that's not my bicycle to give you. And he says, uh, well, uh, can, you, uh, can you give me some money to buy a bicycle? And I said, church starts at 1030. Won't you come on in? And he says, well, so you're telling me you won't give me money to buy a bicycle? I said, I didn't tell you that. I said, church starts at 1030. Come on in. And so, so he walked to the door, and he gets to the door, and he, he looks at me, and he says, well, you know, the rule is <laughs> if a bicycle is left overnight, then it's free grabs. And I was in my office, and the, the office and, and the, 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 the office door was open. He was going out the door, and I stepped out, and I said, look here. He goes, hey, don't you come at me like that. <laughs> Immediately, Roger Dale Brown from Atoka, Oklahoma said, <laughs> I mean, just boom. I mean, like Clark, Clark Kent in a phone booth, just Superman. <laughs> I mean, <clears throat> I said, I'm not coming at you. He said, he said, how about I'll call Catholic charities on you? My wife is in the background. She said, we ain't Catholic. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, y'all. Listen, I'm just being real. <laughs> now, Anna Luck from Tushka, Oklahoma said, <laughs> He said, he said, I thought all bishops were supposed to be nice. What are you getting angry for? I said, dude, I'm not angry. I'm telling you, you can't take the bicycle. He said, hey, chill out. <laughs> See, people, people will come and, I mean, I mean, even on Sunday mornings. The enemy does not care what day it is. The enemy don't care if you're wearing your blue socks or your gray socks. He don't care if you're wearing your dude shoes or if you're wearing your dress shoes. He don't care if you put your hair up and you got a PhD. I praise God, it's called a Pentecostal hairdo. He don't care if you have all of those things going on in your life. He's coming at you because there is an anointing that he is trying to distract you from. And when you got direction, you resist distraction. And some of you need a direction into the glory forgiveness road not I talk about it but I live it I walk down the dirt road of forgiveness it's not a super highway it's a one lane road and I'm on it it's called a one way track to the anointing of God it's a one way place it's not a two way street well I'll forgive them if they forgive me and sometimes we have that issue. Well, pastor, you know, uh, what they did to me was just really too bad. Uh, and when they apologize to me, then yes, I'll forgive them. And we live in situations. And never one of us sitting in here is probably inside you're thinking, dear God, I've been there. We've all been there. It's not a sin that we've been there. But we don't build our house there. We don't work out of there. We don't leave from there and go to church. Come on, somebody. 
This is the same principle that we have to understand, that God forgave us of our past, present, and future sins. Come on, somebody. He forgave us even knowing we was going to sin after we got saved. He forgave us that we was going to have sin in our lives even before we took our last breath. His blood came upon our lives. He said, I'm going to forgive you for your past, your present, and your future sins, and I'm going to bottle them all up, and they're on me, and I don't care what the world says. I don't care who talks about you. You are forgiven. And we love walking the forgiveness life. Can you imagine that old boy that come out of there when that king, when, when he fell down and repented and that king said, I'm going to let you go. He come out of there and $3 million debt was just lifted off of his life. And I mean, he's just, come on somebody. Got that Fred Sanford wall. He's just, he's just, you know, he's just getting it on. He's come down the street and he finds somebody who owes him. See, what happens is this story has to relate into our lives. We have to understand this, that there are people who might have done you wrong. There are people who might have wrote you a letter. Come on, say, anybody ever got an email? Praise God, I get them all the time. Or even text. There are people who like to write you letters, who like to tell. There are people who don't even tell you, but they tell everybody else around you. Jesus said in his own words, the man got forgiven, but he turned right around and he couldn't forgive less. We got forgiven so much uh, that, that, that God canceled out everything hell had plans for us for. Don't you know that you're walking a life right now uh, that your children uh, and your grandchildren, uh, they are watching you. Uh, they are seeing you. Uh, they are hearing you. Uh, they're watching your actions. Come on, somebody. Uh, and it's time that we walk in that forgiveness road. This might have been the wrong Sunday for you to come to church on. Uh, but I'm here to tell you right now, honey, uh, that the only way to get that full breakthrough uh, is to walk in that full goodness uh, of God uh, and step into it uh, and let the devil stand on the outside uh, and say, na 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 boo boo if he wants to but we gotta stand up we can look at him and say hey catch me if you can I'm the gingerbread man and I'm not stopping for anything or anybody because this is who God made me so we're holding grudges we're holding see see listen what happens is is that the lie comes in as a breakdown to make us feel bad and then when we don't get the lie out of us, it goes through our bodies and through our lives until it begins to penetrate, and all of a sudden, the lie just got bigger. And now, what happens is, and now it makes us become ill. Unforgiveness is illness. It is a sickness that's working through the body. We are worried about COVID-19. Honey, you better worry about the unforgiveness that is setting dormant in your life that only raises up at times and it wants to kill you. It wants to take away your life. It wants to take away your livelihood. It wants to steal 25 years of your life that you should have already turned loose of. So Isaiah says he'll give the key to the house of David. 
And he said, with this key, he said, he will shut doors that no one can shut. And he will open doors that no one will open. He said, he'll be the nail in the secure place. We want to be that nail hanging in a secure place that whatever anybody needs to hang on us, they can without any ill willness. That's tough. If you live long enough, that's tough. If you've been in church as long as I have, that's real tough because church people become the worst. <clears throat> My biker buddies got it all done. They ain't got no problem with it. They become blood brothers with one another. If something happens to one of them, they go take care of it. If one of their family members die, guess what? They step up in the middle of it, and they become the person who needs to take care of the family. And here the church, we're taking in, but we got so, my God, I'm preaching so good. Praise God. I, I think I'm just going to watch this tape over. Hallelujah. We are in a time in our life that what happens is, is we come to church, and we live among brothers and sisters, and we tell them, I got your back. We tell them, this is what I'm going to do. But at the same time, we have this thing inside of us somebody move their head or something so I know you're still alive it becomes an illness it just starts with just a mild symptom and then it just goes through the body see Jesus said I am the rose of Sharon. Isaiah, talking about Jesus, I am the rose of Sharon. Sharon was a, 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 a wild uh, uh, rose garden out in the desert. When nothing else bloomed, you could walk by this place called Sharon in the wilderness, and these roses, these wild roses would grow, and people from, 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 from Jerusalem and all around would come here just to pick these roses at a certain season, and they would take them home, and they would take them to their houses. See, because in Jewish custom, when you walked into somebody else's house, you took your shoes off, and they washed your feet. Washing of the feet was something that they did, not just, uh, not just in a church setting, but it was something that they, it was customary for them. They washed your feet. Now, some of your neighbors, you don't want to wash their feet. Listen. Getting real quiet, listen. But if they knew what you've been walking through, they might not want to wash yours either. Because we buy them $110 Nikes. They look good on the outside. So when they would come in, they would wash their feet. They would take the rose from the Sharon. And they would take the rose petals. And they would pull them off and they would put them in the water. Because that rose had a fragrance about it. It was so different from everything else. So when you would come in, I don't care how dirty your feet was, you got up smelling like a rose. Woo. But also, if they ever got sick, they would take the rose petals, put it in the water, and drink the water. It was an antibiotic in those days. Jesus says, I am the rose of Sharon. 
Not only will I make you coming out smelling like a rose, no matter what road you walk down on, no matter what poo-poo you stepped in, no matter what place you was in, and when you're sick, I'll become your life. You drink me. You wash in me. Come on, somebody. And you get up and you live for me. He said, I will become that. And here we are going through life. We're being good. <laughs> we like to say that. You better be good now. Better be good. My wife likes to say, Roger, be nice. Roger, be nice. She has to say that sometimes because sometimes Roger goes, <laughs> Roger, be nice. You better be nice. We're not, none of us in this room has not never, ever been through this part of life. But you have to understand that unforgiveness is not a trait from God. It is something that is learned. I mean, they said one of the most watched TV shows on Netflix was called Betrayal. I mean, you... Ooh, got quiet. You got people who now feeding on something that the world is offering. How can we betray somebody and still look good? Honey, you can't. It won't ever happen. It's a lie from the enemy. He's lying to you. He's trying to get poison in you. It's like you sitting back and telling somebody, I don't forgive you and drinking poison and waiting on them to die. It's poison to our lives. Pastor Andy, come piano, please. Hope I get this story right. Said so there was a gentleman. His wife had passed away, and he had a son. He raised his son. This gentleman was wealthy, and he was a painter. And his son shared the same passion as he did. So all growing up in their life, they would paint. And he not only liked to paint, but he liked, he liked expensive paintings like Picasso's and things like that. And he spent lots of money buying them and putting them so he could put it up in his house. His son got to the age and joined the army. While over in the army, they sent word back and said, your only son died. The man was so grieved. A few days later, there was a knock at the door. And there was another gentleman that showed up and he said, I served with your son in the army. He said he talked about painting and he said, I love to paint too. He said, but I want to tell you that your son died saving my life and multiple other people's lives. He said, I was trying to figure out how I could repay you. He said, so I painted a picture of your son and here it is. Several years later, the old man died. When he died, he had an auctioneer to come up they was going to auction off all of his paintings and people from all over the world. He was a renowned painter. Not only that, he had some of the most, most precious high-dollar paintings that there was. The auctioneer stood up while people were sitting around all from, from all over the world. The auctioneer pulls up a painting of the man's son. And he said, we're going to start with this one. People started arguing. Hey, we, don't, we didn't come here for that. We want the Picassos. We want the rich things. We, we want the most expensive. We didn't come here for that. And the auctioneer never paid him any mind. 
He said, we're starting with this one. And everybody sat there and folded their arms up. The butler reached over and said, hey, I know him. He was always kind to me. That's the old man's son. He said, I got $10. The auctioneer said, $10 going once, going twice, sold $10. Brought the gavel down. He said, auction is closed. Everybody stood up and said, what, what, what? You can't close the auction. He said, it was in the will. He who gets the son gets it all. And I come here to tell you, if you don't get him, You'll not get anything else. If he forgave you, you got to forgive. You got to let it go. Look at your neighbor and say, let it go. The Bible said, Samson, I was going to actually preach on this scripture. But the Bible said, Samson went down to Timnath with nothing in his hand. And I'm going to tell you right now, there are battles that you're not winning because you got too much of what everybody else is saying or doing to you in your hand. There are breakthroughs that you are not achieving because you got too much of the lies that somebody else told. you got too much of your own lies that you told to cover up the lies that they told. It's a vicious cycle. <clears throat> but he went down to Timnath. The Bible said with nothing in his hands. I need to tell whoever wants to listen to me this morning. Walk out of this place with nothing in your hand. Don't leave nothing in your hand. Don't walk out of here with something you're hanging on to. Let it go. Look at your neighbor and say, let it go. Stand to your feet all over this place this morning. The nail in a sure place. Preacher, I want to be that nail in a sure place for some poor old soul that's living in a vicious cycle. Some of you in here this morning, you got certain people in your life. You got certain bosses that let you go. You got exes that left. You got children that are mad. You got friends that you, you know what you said. You know how you acted. And I'm going to tell you right now, if it ain't underneath the blood, if you ain't got that nail in a secure place, then what's going to happen is when somebody tries to hang on to you, you're not going to be secure in the place. You're going to fall. And they're going to fall. And the enemy's going to laugh. I want to hang on to my nail, Jesus Christ. And I want to become the nail in a secure place for the unforgiveness. I want to forgive. Either grab your neighbor on the shoulder or grab their hand, whichever you prefer. Here we are.
your eyes closed. You're not looking around. Preacher, you don't know what I've been through. You don't know who lied to me, who stole from me, who took me, who manipulated. Preacher, I've been through a lot and for you to sit here and tell me. Preacher, I'm hurt because I realize that is me. There is people who's done went on. Now I'm still remembering what they've done. Preacher, I don't want to walk out of here today. I want to become that nail in a secure place. Preacher, this morning, I got dressed up to come into this house so God could speak to my soul. Preacher, this morning, he spoke to me. Maybe you're holding somebody's hand just squeeze their hand and say he's talking to me maybe you're tapping somebody's shoulder just just tap them on the shoulder and say hey he's talking to me all over this place listen to me all over this place true revival comes true revival comes we take things out of our own hands we turn it loose Real directions comes when we resist distraction. Unforgiveness is not only poison, but it's a distraction. Just tap somebody and say, hey, he's talking to me. Squeeze somebody's hand. Say, he's talking to me today. In this building this morning, if somebody squeezed your hand, I want you to bring them right here. If somebody tapped you on the shoulder, bring them right here. Come on. One, two, three, all over this place, whoever you are. Hadabokoshotadabokoshotadabokoshotadabokoshotadabokoshotadabokoshotadabokoshotadabokoshotadabokoshotadabokoshotadabokoshotadabokoshotadabokoshotadabokoshotadabokoshotadabokoshotadab